That is a great shirt. Thank you. Oh, it's my one of my favorite Star Trek shirts, and I have many of them. This is my favorite. This is the one. That's great. I, I make it so. Yes. Oh, so I make it so every day. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Welcome yeah. to our humble booth. Yes. How long have you been doing this? Uh, oh, uh, uh, D&D? Yeah. Oh, very cool. Um, I have been playing for 21 years. So I've been playing since I was 10 years old. Uh, I got put in a group of adult, very welcoming adult strangers by my mom, uh, who was like, hey, Brandon needs a hobby, and then threw me into... Uh, threw me into this game. Uh, they were very gracious to play with like a kid and like teach me how to play the game. But very quickly it was like, oh, they're playing their own thing. I'm just going to you know, round up my other 10-year-old friends and I've been rounding up friends to play this game ever since. <laughs> oh, so oh, I'm literally the gateway drug for D&D for those people. I have You're been, pushing, I've been pushing this for years, nice. alright? Yeah, I've been, I've been this man on the front lines getting these <laughs> Wizards products out here since day one. No, but for a long, long time, sir. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I haven't played in 20 years, so that's the thing. Yeah. Very cool. I, um, you know, I played, and then I did, like, Vampire the Masquerade. Hell yeah, I play Vampire yeah, a we, lot. We used to go to a college in the library and play it there. Did you do LARP? That was sort of like, yes. like a... Yeah. I didn't dress up, though. I wasn't... I, there were people that did, but I didn't dress up. I wasn't... <laughs> <laughs> well, you're talking to someone who extremely did dress up, so I'm right there with you. Uh, uh, no, we did... What's what you call it? Parlor LARP, I guess. Where it's like, you're not running through the woods, but you're, like, kind of in character. The... the um, I did at Bard College, which I didn't go to, but I just was tapped into the vampire scene there. Uh, it's been in the vampire scene for a while. Uh, but no, we, we, I used to go play there as well. Really, really fun. Um, uh, but if you haven't played in D&D in 20 years, so the newest design of Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition, which is what we play on the show in Dimension 20, is such a wonderful streamlined version. All credit to like Mike Merles and Jeremy Crawford and all those guys over at Wizards that have been designing the game because it has never been easier for new people to get into, nor more like just straightforward emphasizing the fun parts of the game. Like, Allie played for their first time on season one of Dimension 20. Yeah, I had never played before, and Brennan, Brennan explained it perfectly. He was like, it's like storytelling with gambling. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm in. Like, that sounds awesome. And it, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, yeah very exactly. fun. Uh, and Lou and Allie are both, like, house improvisers at UCB in Los Angeles. So they get comedy, improvisation. You know, everyone on the show is either a college or a cast member or at least has a long history of comedic improvisation. Yeah, I interviewed the, the, the guys that did the IFC. What was that show? The oh, yeah. 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 I interviewed those guys. Uh, oh, they're great. Yeah. They were awesome. They're like, so you know, fun. All of a sudden, they're talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and I'm like, you are my people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. They're great. They're um, so funny. Yeah. Those are, those, all those are UCB guys. Yeah, they're, they're all UCB they're all, guys. Yeah, they're yeah. UCB house too. Oh, very yeah. cool. Yeah, they, uh, they actually got... Uh, they got their start in the IFC at the Bob Odenberg. Yep. And they got to make their show, yeah. Oh, yeah, they had some great stories about yeah. Bob. Like, oh. he went to bat for him. Yeah, I'm sure. There Bob's were some sketches amazing. at IFC were like, no, we don't want to put those in. And then Bob went to bat for him. Yeah. Some birthday boys line, which is the one like, a family can be anything. It can be this, 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 and this. Or then it can just be ten dads. Yeah. And it's all <laughs> ten of them in like a full Canadian tuxedo, like jeans and denim shirt, all hugging each other. That's yeah. so Oh, yeah. And like, they go way back in the knowledge of like, like, I don't know, like 
improv and comedy. Like, we're talking yeah. about uh, Fernwood Tonight. Yeah. yeah. Like, I can't believe you guys remember Fernwood Tonight. This is insane. <laughs> yes. Fred Willard. And yeah, yeah. And it's really fun. We had a, we had an interesting challenge with the show. So, you know, we're, we're so Dimension 20 is like dropouts, yes. D&D actual play show. And the challenge we had with it was we wanted to do something in the brand of comedy because that's sort of what dropout is and that's what College Humor's brand is. But, uh, sort of, at least my take, having played D&D my whole life, is that a lot of comedy D&D stuff kind of makes fun of D&D a little bit. And I think we're at a point in 2019 where all the biggest pop culture franchises are like Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars. Like, we're at a point where no one needs to be tongue-in-cheek and be like, ugh, goblins and elves. We're all into it. Look at this shit. Why disparage it? Why disparage it? Everyone likes it. It's honestly the dominant pop culture. When people are like, I'm such a nerd, I read graphic novels. I'm like, you're not a nerd. That <laughs> yeah. is cool. That's cool. Yeah. 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 enjoy both versions yes. of Aquaman. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you can like both versions. Yes. It's cool. It's you fine. You can like totally. big, strong Aquaman, and you can like sleek, intelligent yeah. Aquaman. There was a guy here. Which one's which? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the best part. I like trucker Aquaman. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, Cowboy Universe Aquaman. Yeah, yeah. 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 there uh, was a guy Cowboy at the Universe. booth yesterday who said he, had, he was watching our comedy sketches online and then saw that there was something about D&D and he was like oh I wonder if they're going to be like making fun of it like let's watch the sketch on D&D and watch it and he was like oh no they're just sincerely playing D&D for an hour and a half like <laughs> what I, this is real and it was like well, get ready his idea was, was fantasy high uh, so uh, the, the microphone is not right capturing here. this but Allie and Lou are both pointing very hard at my face <laughs> um, almost touching touching fully touching now now, uh, now touching oh yeah there it is uh, okay now, <laughs> I, I haven't played in a long time, but I do listen to some uh, podcasts that do D and and I started watching Geek and Sundry stuff. Hell yeah! And like you know, uh, what's his name, Wolf Riddell? Yeah. Does the, the like the Painter's Guild? Yes. And I can just sit there because like I miss Bob Ross. Yes. So I might as well just watch Wolf Riddell. I love Boy Meets World. I might as well just watch him paint miniatures. And now I'm learning stuff, you know? And now I'm, like, wanting to, like, buy, like, figures and paint them. And, I, you know. Oh, God, it's so fun. I mean, it's everything awesome. about the hobby is so gripping. And we, so, so we, uh, I brought this idea to College Humor at the same time that they were actually thinking about approaching me to just ask me anyway to run something actual play. Because this space is really exciting right now. And there's a lot of awesome work happening within actual play at the moment. And what we basically pitched was, rather than trying to find comedy by making fun of the genre, let's find comedy by doing what all sitcoms and comedic theater do, which is not kind of sit back and comment out of the side of our mouth, but just commit and really double down. And we have some of the best improvisers in the world on our show that are just really deeply committing to funny situations and characters. So rather than like, ha, 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 snark, snark, snark. just creates itself. Exactly. You don't have to force it or make disparage like the whole, you know, in our world, in our world, we're doing a mashup of like John Hughes yes. Breakfast Club high school AU stuff with high fantasy tropes. If you just commit to that idea, that's a wacky enough idea that you're going to yeah. find comedy just through the truth of adhering to that world. Yeah. And everyone with the high school. Yeah. Exactly. yeah, yeah. And like for me, who's, I'm not a D&D player, but I know the world of D&D. When I saw 
all the John Hughes stuff, I was like, oh, oh no, no, this is me. Like, yeah, totally. Uh, Pretty in Pink, that's my favorite movie like, yes. ever. So for me, I was like, this is something I could get into it's on another accessible. level. Accessible exactly. to so everyone, accessible. yes. I totally agree. And I love, it's like seamless. Like I'm looking at these miniatures of like the cafeteria one, right? So like there's a creamed corn monster. Yeah. Yep. And there's the evil lunch lady. Like, it fits in the D&D yes. world. It's like, why didn't anyone think of this before? Yes. <laughs> and our artist, Rick Perry, is amazing and made all of these, some of them, like, full-on custom, right? Oh, yeah. Like, you see that we've got our big villain over here. That's all kit-bashed and unique. And Rick just has a shop where he and his team just slice and dice these minis, build these sets from scratch. That kit-bashing is no joke. It's, yeah, no, it's no joke. Yeah. I've seen that. Like, that's one of the, like, that Geek and Sundry, like, Wolf Rails show. Like, they were kit-bashing. I'm like, what is this? And that whole episode is just incredible. So. It's incredible. It's also really wild to watch a full film production team break down their work so that everything happens in a two-foot-by-three-foot grid. The, uh, the clap. Right. Oh, yeah. The, like, scene They have clap a tiny like, little scene. slate. Oh, that's they have hilarious. a tiny little slate. It's so Rolling. Hilarious. Click. Yeah, yeah. very itty-bitty. Um, but it's really wild to watch all this incredible work. And that's one thing I think that kind of we try to do with our show because a lot of shows in this space right now are live streaming which is awesome because you generate this community around watching the show it's a it's like a television event right like back when radio broadcast yeah like yeah totally so with ours because we are uh, taped and edited actual play we were like okay well what can we do because we're going to be on a streaming platform so people can watch it kind of anytime to really try to set ourselves apart and like make a word of a, a an offering worthy of the genre Right, um, and so what we did was we basically said we're going to make the best sets and minis we possibly can. Gotta stand out now. Yeah, and and also I think uh, shout out to Michael Schaubach and Kenny Keeler and Santiago Bazzi who are our camera crew because when we film the battle episodes, we get all of our cameras, these tiny little Osmos, down on the level sure. of the minis. Wow. So like this big dragon mini right here actually is like towering over That's the camera. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's you know in that in that vein of like robot chicken and other stuff like that of being really fun like oh the toys come to life kind of thing yeah i think another thing we did of like so instead of live streaming and everyone kind of comes together around the airing of the show we have discord and i think that was our way of saying like oh here's a small community community. where everyone and we made our own discord channel and there's like fan art and stuff oh my gosh it's gorgeous people delivered fan art to us yesterday at at the booth that was like amazing an amazing post and the artist stayed and signed it we freaked out yeah yeah it's it's amazing fan art is so far and away and like it's so unreal to have people lend their incredible artistic talent to rendering something that just because they care about it. You know, I, my friend Kendra Wells was talking about like, oh, this is how an artist shows love and appreciation for a piece of art. Yeah. And it's, it's incredible. You can really feel it. Yeah. yeah you're you like, really wow, this was a one-off joke that I said I'm wearing a tie-dye t-shirt and now you've like made this like gorgeous rendering of me in a tie-dye or, you know, yeah. like any little specific. Yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah. oh. They're helping bring it to life in a different way. Right, exactly. And it really is, it's like a beautiful, looking at it from a bird's eye view, it's like a beautiful ecosystem of artists like 
artist creating work about a property that they really care about, and then they get to share that, and the community that also loves that art gets to then share that artist's work, so their work is being seen more broadly, yeah. and then it, it's like it's a beneficial relationship between the creators and the artists, the artists and the community, the community and the creators. It's just a very cool way to watch these artistic mediums grow and flourish and invite more people into kind of the joy of the show. But like, if you think about it, like, for me, like, when I think about D&D, I think of it as a very communal experience, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think... Uh, have all seen Stranger Things, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. Like that, that, that image of the boys sitting around the table and like playing that game. Like to me, that's what D&D is about, is about forming those bonds. And like you guys are doing it on the big screen, but you're still connecting with people on yeah. an individual level, which is like very, it's very hard to do that in, in mainstream media. But I think it speaks to how much the community loves what you're doing and they love the property. Like yeah. that's, that's the, the world thing. to me. Thank yeah. you so much. Brendan is amazing. I think it's your, like, philosophy background at bringing, like, lightness and heaviness. Like, so the show can be laugh-out-loud funny, but you're still so invested with the characters that when their dad resurfaces and they haven't talked to him in a while, we were, like, literally crying around the table. Like, there were some real heartstrings in this season and, like, arcs and stuff where you're like, whoa, shit, Brennan, like, you hook me up. <laughs> uh, well, like all good comedians, I'm deeply sad. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> good. Good. Uh, uh, <laughs> but the, but no, I think it's true that, like, for a story like this, because we tell a 30-hour story in yeah. season one, so that's like a Mondo episode, or Mondo season of, like, television. Um, it's a lot of storytelling. And... So you have to think, I find, narrative threads through that. You can't just do yucks for 30 hours. People will tune out. So it's the idea of finding a really meaningful set of characters and then the humor's originating organically in there. But then also there's, I think, a lot of moments where the danger is really palpable or there's really human stakes with their relationships and there's emotional stuff going on. Uh, and I think tonally a lot of uh, things like TNT are very good at finding those different story elements Sure. Uh, and I think it's also something where people that watch our show love the element where you're not only getting to know the characters, but also the players. Like, you're seeing people authentically surprised. Like, there's a miniature here that when I took it out of the box, put it on the table, these two and our other four players <laughs> genuinely reacted with shock and dismay. Yes. Uh, I and, was livid. <laughs> and it wasn't the corn cob monster. No. Oh, no. I was ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> the cream corn Even monster. Even though it kicked I our ass. <laughs> Dark ass. Up. But I saw that. <laughs> yeah, Ali's character full died in that I fight. I full died from that corn monster. Could you tell oh, wow. spoiler alert. About your characters and like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Please. <laughs> Well, I'd love to. I play... Your character would force himself first. I would go first. <laughs> this feels right. No, I play uh, Fabian, Aramaeus Seacaster. I'm very much the rich, prissy, bratty jock of the group. I'm a fencer. Uh, uh, I'm, like, half-elf. Uh, my mom is just a, your classic, like, wine mom, drunk all day, doesn't have a job. Uh, and my father's a brutish, uh, scallywagging uh, pirate captain. 
Christian uh, who's left his uh, days of pillaging behind and uh, is just kind of the richest man in town. Uh, and so, yeah, kind of very, like, breakfast clubby. Uh, John Husey is, like, so rich, can't can, has trouble connecting with anyone poorer than him. Uh, like, truly, like, all very tropey uh, and very, like, familiar feeling of just the bratty rich kid. So are you, like, the Blaine and Renan Pank? He's also, or are you more like the? Honestly, he's kind of like Johnny from the Karate Kid. He, he's oh, like, oh, that was hard. Yeah, okay. yeah. Like, I, okay, he's, I think that. He's I a kid that. that we've never gotten to see as the hero before. Yeah. He's always, the, but like, like the rich kid who got every single break, and is like the bad kid jock of like, my father will hear about this. Oh, yeah. Okay. If you beat me up, I go tell my father, and he gets your dad fired. Yeah. Uh, Has your character changed over the seasons? I mean, uh, I think over the first season there is a there is an arc of redemption and I will say at the beginning it was hard because people on the discord would talk about me and just be like Fabian's mean to all the other characters and I don't like him yeah I know. <laughs> that's awesome though but no exactly You're that means the, the exact character reaction is you real are. I don't watch yes. wrestling but I used yeah. to and Roddy Roddy Piper was the guy that everyone hated but yes. then they loved him for it exactly yeah. you, you, you love to hate him and you hate to love him it's that's right the love for me, my character by the end is real because it, it, we, it, we actually built it up uh, yeah, yeah. His, Fabian's face turn in the show is like extremely gratifying yeah. and like very, very touching. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, oh. Yeah, my character, I grew up uh, like a church camp kid, very like squeaky clean. Like, church was my whole life, and I was like, I want to play that character again. So, her name is Kristen Applebee's. Uh, I was sponsored by the chain restaurant, and uh, no, I'm just kidding. Legal, Legal, to wear buttons Legal was very concerned. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll be very adamant that that not be included in our piece this So you've got, a, you've got a one star on Yelp then, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I uh, go there with yeah. their job. Got it. Got I was it. like, I, I need... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's me. Um, yeah, uh, she, so she's uh, extremely sheltered, but is, like, pushing herself out into the world in this kind of, like, Jesus hung out with sinners kind of way. So she's really misguided and constantly trying to convert everyone around her. Okay. And uh, her arc in this season, I think, is is asking deeper questions and opening up her mind and seeing, like, my parents only hang out with people who look exactly like them, and there's this whole other world. And Is it like Westboro? Kind of? It's, all, it's, it's almost that, because there is a little bit of hate from my parents. Like, you hear yeah, them talk just... about, like, illegal aliens at one point, like, really up in arms, and yeah. I'm like, yeah. But, uh... <laughs> and everything's really through the, the lens of, like, worshipping Helio, the god of corn. So, like, all of Kristen... Kristen's, like, a, a cleric. So, in the in the game, Kristen, like, casts healing magic and divine magic and stuff like that. Uh, but in the show, it's, like, so cool. What I love about Kristen's arc is it's based on one thing Allie said in second episode that was a pure piece of improv that I never could have predicted her plan for became the character's entire arc in the story. Because it was you talking... you. Uh, so Kristen died in this fight. Oh, yeah. Uh, but was brought back. That's right. And oh. Momentarily went to the corny gates, was there in front of Helio and Sol, the god of the sun. And, you know, he 
healer's like, my child, Kristen, it is not yet your time. Return to the world of mortals. And you did this amazing fucking move where you were like, oh, thank you so much. It's incredible. Quick question. Why does evil happen in the world? And oh, yeah, your yeah. god just literally went, later, and zapped you <laughs> down. And then Kristen's like, I think my god sucks. Yeah, I, yeah. I think he wouldn't answer anything. He wouldn't answer anything. <laughs> I finally got to see him. So then that started my crisis of faith that just kind of dominoed okay. through this season where I'm looking for new gods. I'm trying to see what else is out there. Yeah. Uh, but it was funny because I was rolling so well in the beginning of the show that everyone was like considering my religion. Yeah. They're like, yeah. should we, we praise Helio? I was like yeah. saving people left and right, like yeah. mad twenties one after the other, and everyone's like, like people on the Discord wow. like accepted you yeah. as a savior. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. I was like, wow. Uh, but no, it was yeah. really fun, and it's great too because Ali has a background in philosophy as well. So yeah. I think a lot of what D and D is about, and a lot of what we try to do in this show, is it's just great improv and storytelling between friends, where you're looking at your friend across the table and being like, "What's the experience you're trying to have? How do we make this gratifying?" So when someone makes it easy for you by going like, "I'm going to do this, like start as a heel and then have the turn later," or "I'm going to like, I, I want a crisis of faith to dominate my character," it's so fun to then get to explore that with people as someone leading the game uh, and doing it in front of the camera and having people like be really into the show has been like so deeply gratifying awesome. now NBC characters have oh. you okay I, I, I said something right? <laughs> I'll just let you roll with it I mean the NPCs in the show are unreal yes. because of him uh, yeah. Brendan is a world class dungeon master I don't, or game master I don't know what I that means I feel like means. Brendan counts NPCs to go to sleep he just yes. fully formed NPCs that he comes up with the NPCs in our show are unlike I don't know unlike any other they're so memorable and the world of Elmville is so uh, perfectly built and like tight and we kind of really get a feeling for all of it and so we like return a lot to our NPCs because we are all all of it is kind of concentrated in this small town like any good 80s movie is and so we really do return to the ice cream parlor we come back to the school we hang out with my dad a lot uh, and so we kind of see these NPCs over and over again and they get so well we get they get so well flushed out that they feel very much like parts of the story, not like tools that the MPC, uh, that the PCs interact with to like get us to the next thing. Totally. Uh, and I think it's fun too because there's like, first of all, it's really fun to do a story about teens because it, most D and D adventurers in regular D and D games are like, I'm an orphan. My parents were slaughtered by orcs, and I was raised by wolves. I have two dark steel long swords, and I am the hero of darkness. Yeah. And you go like, oh, you get like you have nobody, and you didn't you haven't like made a friend in 20 years, like nobody so with these guys they all made their characters and coming up with their families was the most fun part and then you get to go because what's so fun about doing a mashup thing in terms of like John Hughes versus D&D is you find like oh what's the best way to fantasize that character and what does that reveal about the character to us so like the rich kid always has a super intense dad right like some super like arch corporate like CEO dad who's like you're going to get on the football team and you're going to and it's like okay what's the way 
to do the most intense version of a dad. And so we make this character, Bill Seacaster, who's Fabian's dad, who's like, shiver me timbers and walk the blind. Right? This insane pirate who's like always on a hair trigger between either like kissing you on the head or just stabbing you with a dagger yeah, and stuff. Yeah, like you cannot read <laughs> where... Nothing in the middle. Nothing, yeah. it's one extreme or the other. Uh, or like, uh, our, we had a cast member, Emily Axford, who uh, thought she was an elf, turned out she was a tiefling, meaning she was part demon because her mom had had an affair with a demon and there was a divorce and her two elven parents got divorced. So we met her, we got to meet, I was like, what's the funniest kind of character to be like a sad elven man who's going through a, a sad man going through like a divorce? And it's like, oh, an elf, like an ancient immortal elf. So we had this character, Galier, who's like, daughter, I'm living in a new apartment downtown. It's not great. Yeah. I've got an air mattress out right now and like hitting all those tropes. He always but, had yogurt on his ramen. <laughs> eating ramen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Guys, it's like I'm looking for work right now. There's a few irons in the fire. We'll see if anyone calls back. You know, like just hitting these like very sad tropes but in the like high elf like yeah. Orlando Bloom Legolas vibe of it. Um, so a lot of the NPCs were very fun for that reason of like how do you take like an 80s movie teen trope and then plug it into this high fantasy. The research has to be great just watching like 80s movies. Oh, it's the best. Like, yeah. I mean, research is like yeah. uh, me, me watching movies for like the fifth or sixth time right. in most cases. But yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, how, how old would you say your audience is? I mean, how, how young to, to what age? I mean, I mean, if there's one thing I've learned at this con, it's that it really there's a there really Huge. is a breath. Yeah, totally. Uh, a breath. I think the younger people are more active on the Discord because that's kind yeah. of like a younger thing. Yeah. It feels like, but not to say that everyone on the Discord is super young, but yeah. people at this con that I've met, it's been like, oh yeah, everyone. It really is a wide swath. I think a lot of what dropout is, why the dropout is appealing is, uh, you know, there's a, we're not mediated by censors, we're not mediated by advertisers. It's our own platform, so we get to make cool, un uh, uncensored content that's exactly what we want to make, and I think that we're in an age of streaming services right now overall, for that exact reason, where a kind of consciousness is out in the world right now, compared to the early days of the internet, where it's like, yeah, free everything, where people, especially thanks to websites like Kickstarter and Indiegogo, that kind of start to put the economy of creation on people's minds, people go like, oh, I'm paying for content one way or another. Either I'm literally paying for it, in which case I get exactly what I want, or I'm paying for it by having advertisers control everything that I watch and see. Yeah, exactly. Pepsi Cola presents. Exactly. You know, indeed. So I think. Oh, that great. I get to watch the same Monday commercial. Yeah. Exactly. Great. So I think that Dropout does appeal to a broad swath of people. Uh, and we've seen it here at the convention because it's basically anyone who has liked our other previous stuff coming, and then not only seeing our show, but seeing all the shows offered on the platform. And what's so nice is you can kind of lure someone in with the promise of I'm Actually or Dimension 20 or Total Forgiveness. And then they're there in the party with everyone else, and they wander over to someone else's show and start watching that. And it's so gratifying. And all our collaborators at College Humor are some of the funniest, hardest-working people. Uh, uh, it's, re it's 
been really awesome to be in like a kind of startup mode, but with an already established company behind it. Yeah. Dropout is like what you get when they sat all of us down and they were like, pitch anything, we'll make it. Like that's yeah. what you're seeing is like the most insane, awesome. disparate show. I love it when, I love it when, yeah. when like like when MTV first started. Yeah. You know, yes. It was just it was bananas. It was a circus. Chief War, same thing. Like you know what I mean. Yep. And then so now you're you're in that uh, that ground level. Totally. You know, and just kind of like shape this and make this the way that you want to. Now Dropout is it is it four ninety nine a month? Uh, it's work? actually I, now I'm gonna get this wrong, but it's I think it might be three if you buy the annual pass. So you buy all twelve months at front. I think it's actually three ninety nine a month. Yeah. Um, uh, but there's a different scales depending how many months you buy at a time. Uh, but then you get access to our Discord channel. Uh, you get all the shows that we have. And on. we're doing one new show a month. We're doing it, dropping a new title a month <laughs> indefinitely. Uh, so the de- and because of all the backlog of content, the deal only gets better with each passing month because there's more cool stuff already on there. Uh, but we also have our one week free trial. So if you want to go there and check out your favorite show, just go get just get a taste. Yeah. Go and binge every single Jake and Amir video that was ever ever shot. You yeah. can do that. Um, uh, but it's been really exciting, and we right now have. We're gearing up for season three of Dimension Twenty because season two is already in the can. Yeah. Um, we're we're doing some smaller Dimension Twenty side quests with like guests coming in, oh, uh, which is very fun. Our next side quest, we got uh, Re- uh, Reka and Trap from College Humor, and then Matt Mercer, Erica Ishii, Amy Vorpal, and Ivy Wadiway are playing as well. Um, very familiar with the name Matt Mercer from all my friends that yep. are. Yeah. yeah, Matt is playing in a game with us, and he was like the sweetest guy and also just the funniest that was the funny thing about playing with a bunch of these D&D streamers and then college humor comedians was it was like oh cool we have streamers and, and comedians this will be a fun interesting balance and it's like oh our comedians are so nerdy that they immediately get D&D and these D&D streamers are some of the funniest fucking people I mean like watching like Iffy and Amy and Erica and Matt all riff on these comedic characters because they all play serious characters a lot yeah. they like cut loose man it's oh, very very awesome. fun yeah. that was I was already shot. Holiday themed episodes and things like that. Or? We actually in season two. I don't know if this is a spoiler. We do have a holiday themed episode yeah. of season two. Uh, so no, no holiday. Getting way into Harvard. Very eco minded yeah. yeah, on the yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> So holiday episode. That's holiday. Holiday. We got, we got yeah, we got one. We have it on the way. Um, so that's very exciting. Uh, but it's really cool, and it's an anthology show. So every single season is a brand new world, new characters, new exciting adventure, which is really great because uh, most D and D shows are very long form content, uh, uh, which is awesome. So if you want to do a deep dive, like Nadpod, our friends make, is like there's like fifty episodes on the net right now. It could be daunting to like start with something that's like you know so many seasons in or whatever so what we like and you know our episodes are already like an hour and a half to two hours long it's like watching a movie when you sit down to watch the show and but we you know our first season 17 episodes and it really ties the hell up so you can sit down and watch 30 hours of fantasy high and and not have to be daunted by like okay like what episode do I start on what it's like you start on episode one at the end of episode 17 you will have watched a full story that's perfect that, that that's great, yeah, because yeah. You, you, you can make a great point. You, when there's, like, three seasons available, you go, oh, I got to start from season one, episode one, to get what happens in season three, and then it's like, 
you kind of just jump in wherever yeah. and watch a complete story. And it's, that's, that's great. Thank yeah. you. And it's, and it's fun. It's an anthology. So we get to come back and see these guys, and they get to stretch their wings and play new characters and new worlds. Yeah. So let me fly, baby. Yeah. yeah. Fly. <laughs> yeah. It's really fun for us. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Anything new. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just anything new. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and especially because, like... You know, you, when you get that catharsis and conclusion of one character's story, at least for me, like, it's always that joy to, like, okay, what's the next adventure? Yeah, yeah. I Is think it the we... same school? No, it's a whole it's new a world. Oh, so each season is a whole new... Absolutely yeah. brand new world. This is Aladdin yeah. and Jasmine, baby. It's a whole new oh world. God, every that is time. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to edit out that Disney reference on the podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no Applebee's. No Disney. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's true. So so um, we've already announced our next side quest, which is called Escape from the Blood Keep, which is all like sort of evil-themed, very like powerful evil PCs. We haven't announced anything about season two yet but it is it an extremely different world yeah. than this okay. one okay. Um, so it's new world new characters but every full season we get the original cast back so it's Lou Allie Emily Murph Siobhan and Zach every season now yeah. do you retire these these uh models and everything and do you end up auctioning them off or charity stuff or I don't know. That is something that I would love to consider doing to auction auction off the original models for charity. Right now we're holding on to them primarily for situations like this. Yeah. And then also to, to like showcase them. Um, People want to see them up close. If they've you know, been watching the show, they definitely want to see it up close. I yeah. Think these are some of the stars of the show. Yeah, oh, I mean, right? no kidding. Look, the, the show is myself and like these six incredible improvisers at the table. And then the show is Rick Perry and his amazing team. And then, uh, you know, Shabak and, and uh, Santi and the other camera people bringing this to life. And there was an initial conversation we had about how the minis would work because explaining to the people they don't play D&D very often, they can kind of be like, oh, these are like, let's pl- sort of like play with them like toys. And what's interesting is 80% of D&D is played in your head, where you're narrating to each other. So most D&D players don't need physical representation. I've already been imagining my character, right, in the role-playing scenes when we're just doing dialogue. So the job of the minis is not to represent the characters as much as it is to represent distance and space and combat, and therefore it is not to be like a toy, but actually to allow you to suspend your disbelief as easily as possible. So it should be as cinematic and cool as possible. So when we were filming it, I was like, bring the camera low. Make everything seem like it's a movie, because that, because like a movie is how we've already been imagining it while we're playing. Right. Uh, yeah. It's like reading a book, you know? You can, everybody has it in their in their brain of yeah. what's being played out. So I already got it in here. My friend, John Trobers, I just I, uh, uh, took a longtime comedy friend and had him play for the first time, which is my favorite thing to do is to get new people to play. And he literally said after we played, he was like, oh, it's like living in a movie. He's like, this is the most yeah. addictive thing I've ever experienced. And gambling. And gambling. Right. Yeah, gambling. everything you love to okay. do. I'm relapsing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have a problem, do seek help. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Uh, no, 100%. Um, yeah, it's been a dream. It's yeah. been a total dream. And then the con has been awesome too. CTE two has been a total blast. Yeah. First year here. First year here. Yeah. It's yeah. been absolutely awesome. Yeah. Well, 
No, man, this was amazing. Yes. Like, oh my god. For me, like as I said, not being a D&D person, but being a John Hughes 80s movies person, this is something I could easily watch. I, I could sit down and watch this and yes. be totally engrossed. Yes. And so each episode's about an hour and a half, you say? 90 to 2 hours, yeah. 90 minutes to 2 hours. That's great, though, yeah. I, again, like, this is right up my alley. And I think that for any of our listeners who, like, maybe don't earn D&D, but they kind of like this idea of, like, living in a movie. Yeah. Watch it. Absolutely watch it. I'm like engrossed by this screen right here that's just playing yeah. on a loop. I don't think you have to play in order to just watch no, it. Yeah, no, no. And a lot of our fans have never played before, and in fact, a lot of our fans have never played, watched the show, and then been like, I gotta play. Yeah. And I started playing. Because it really, you know, we, it's very lightly edited. We really are just like seated there at the table. But the editors do do a great job of getting rid of like the, the breaths and like us doing math at the table and stuff yeah. like that. So that it really is this show of like incredibly shot men with a bunch of really funny fucking comedians getting really into a game and their characters. That's awesome. Hell yeah. 